Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Dushback. I, I thought you was a toad. I'm sure that's from, at least I hope that's from something. It uh, is. We've got Tim Blake Nelson in here. That's your hint. That's your only um, uh It's from when what his father first said to him whenever he was born. <laughs> uh, no, incorrect. Okay. I mean, maybe that's where he got the inspiration okay. for. Uh, uh, it's from his most famous work in a Coen Brothers film, Fargo, the TV show season three. Oh, that season was great. That's yeah. probably what it was. Was that it? Was that it? Yeah, we'll okay. go with that. Okay. Uh, it's from A Simple Plan. Uh, okay. It's from The Hudsucker Proxy. Are you just going to start naming Tim Blake Nelson movies for those? Uh, he, he's not in any of those. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. Uh, it's from the one, one with the banjo singers. There you go. Mm-hmm. Movie based on the classic Oedipus Rex story. Uh, uh, Medea Mama Home (laughs) I'm so confused I don't even know anything anymore but that was beautiful Uh, you're welcome anyways we're actually talking about The Watchmen uh, this week the pilot episode a show Matt and I are both very excited for uh, going into and let me tell you I was disappointed by how not disappointed I was with this yeah and I promise that we will not make a single joke about watching The Watchmen the entire episode that is our pledge to you I almost opened with, and I watched The Watchmen shower, but I decided against it. I mean, that's not a joke, though. No, that's not the joke. No, you were held at gunpoint. It was very traumatic. (laughs) Uh, But, okay. So, obviously, spoilers for The Watchmen. I'm going to jump into it. Uh, Please. But it opens with, essentially, it opens with an old-timey movie. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry to, to interrupt. This takes place in Oklahoma. Yes. Which makes Alex and I the best people to talk again. The authorities. Well, we are the only comic book related podcast out there. Yep. Uh, so this is the only podcast you'll hear about the Watchmen in any iteration. Yeah, we are. <laughs> not only are we in Oklahoma, and we are the foremost authorities on race matters because we are more qualified than probably anybody to be talking about this. I, I mean, I would say more a third figure on gender matters, but I mean, but our powers combined, we're basically like yeah. the Captain America of progressive issues because Captain America was way too right leaning for our taste. <laughs> I thought he was too liberal for me. Okay, well, we're gonna have to talk after the after this episode's <laughs> over. Uh, but yeah, it starts with an old timey theater. We pan out. We see a little boy watching in a theater by himself, and we pan out to see a woman crying. And you're not sure why or what's happening, but it opens on the Tulsa race riots that happened in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Obviously, it's based on true story because it actually happened. It was an American tragedy that should probably be taught a lot more in schools, especially here in Oklahoma. But even like growing up learning about it, I still thought that was the best depiction of like Tulsa Race Riots I've ever seen. It was brutal. It was intense. It was tragic. It, it was an amazing opening for a television show. It was absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Is what it was. Like I could have watched an entire season just about the Tulsa Race Riots. Like like the build up to it and all that as well. Yeah. Like I mean that would be a great television. But like that I thought it was so good and I'll probably get torn apart for this. Like I, I thought they should just show that scene in like classrooms when teaching about the Tulsa Race Riots. Because it shows how horrible it is. I don't or think, was. I don't think that's or I don't think that that should be controversial at all. Like that's something that people need to see. The scene where the kid, or the moment I should say, is holding like the the dead baby, like that. Oh, oh my god! Like that is just so like your heart just sinks immediately. Yep. Like, you're like, this is a different kind of superhero show, and I hate I, I just use that cliche, but it's out there now. 
It is. I mean, this is like The Boys, but if The Boys was out there to make you laugh, this one's out there to make you think. Yeah. And I did, like, there's there's been complaints online about, like, the show being too political. It's clear from people who never read the Watchmen comic because it's 100% <laughs> political. Uh, That's all the, the whole yeah, thing yeah. book was about. Yeah. Uh, you know a book where Nixon gets, you know, five terms. It isn't going to be political or anything about the Cold War. <laughs> Nothing to do with politics at all. Uh, but what I loved is that the show, it, it doesn't. It's by Damien Lindelof, who's most famous uh, from Lost and The Leftovers as well. And it has very much, I think it, it blends like the skills he brought from both those. Like it has the mystery uh, or like it doesn't spoon feed you everything. Like you got like in Leftovers, there are so many like subtle clues and hints where you could build your own theories and you could pause on screens to react at certain moments. And it has the great like mystery building elements of Lost at the same time. Yeah. Let me just say that I've got a little bit of worry because of that. I want a nice, tight, clean story at the end of our nine-episode run here, and I don't know that he's the guy to bring it to us. Now, I think he can build that mystery and, and the excitement because we clearly saw that throughout the episode. I was on the edge of my seat, and actually, I was in a hotel bedroom, so I was laid back and pretty comfortable, <laughs> but I was still on the edge of my seat. Uh, I, I'm going to have saying, like, I love The Leftovers. It's one of my favorite shows of all time, and... Even if it's in that same vein, like even if we don't get all the answers, uh, I still think it'll be an amazing piece of drama. Uh, which I can see some point though, there people do reach a certain breaking point. You're like, okay, enough building mystery, give me some answers. Uh, yeah. But we uh, we introduced to our main character, uh, and there's really I'd say there's really only one main character in this pilot episode, uh, played by Regina King, uh, whose name I cannot remember right now for the life of me. Uh, she's called Sister Knight. Oh yeah, Sister Knight, uh, which is a badass name. Yeah. So, what do you think of the police force? Like, like how they dressed uh, in in this series? Everything in this series is about aesthetic, and everybody has their own way of looking. And the police are uniformed, and they cover their faces up with a yellow mask that goes just above their nose. So, really, all you can see is their eyes. And I thought that was a absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. uh, because they yeah. can do basically what they want at will, but. On the other hand, like once I kind of got into the story, you kind of understand why these people need to be protected, really. Yeah, it's this, for their protection. It takes place in a post 9 11, I mean, not in a post 9 11, in a world, well, world, yeah, probably. world where 9 11 never happened. Yeah. Because. Uh, I mean, 9 11 uh, still came and went, but, yeah. you know, the events didn't happen. <laughs> Osmandius basically took care of that whenever he ended the Cold War uh, with a giant squid attack. Uh, and I did like how it was like uniform, like each of the officers dressed or chose to cover their face differently. Yeah. Uh, most effective. Well, you've got the red scare. Yes. You have the red scare and they all have like, like they all have visualized like superhero names as well too. Not yeah. all of them, but the ones we were introduced to at least. Yeah. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson is the looking glass. And whenever which, you're, oh. and you're not supposed to tell anyone that you're a police officer as well. Yes. It is uh, a secret. Which we're, there's hints about it because of seventh calorie, but we're not really sure why exactly. Uh, it's supposed to be anonymous to everyone. Uh, but I'm curious if we get an answer for that. But we did see there's a great one for a guy that just wore like a giant stuffed panda head. Uh, like that was how he covered himself. Uh, so, and I'm sure like whoever sold that panda head has to know who he is in. Because there's like, a lot of that going around. Like you remember, you, you remember that sale. Uh, but Tim Blake Nelson as a looking guy so was my favorite, like out of these outfits. Uh, he just has a mask that covers his entire face and it's a reflective surface. So it looks back at you, hence the name of the looking glass. Yep. And I think my favorite scene, it might've been yours as well. 
was whenever he does the interrogation. Yep. Uh, he takes this member of the Seventh Cavalry, which is an alt right group, and interrogates him. Where he shows him like these images, and it's basically like his version of doing a Rorschach test, uh, which of course is apropos because the Seventh Cavalry uh, uses the journals from Rorschach's uh, or Rorschach's journals to, uh, I guess, radicalize themselves. Yeah, and if if Matthew McConaughey was was in the Seventh Cavalry, he'd be uh, alt right, alt right, alt right. Oh, okay, well. That's out of the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me, Alex. I'm sorry. But I love the fact that we got to uncover Tim Blake Nelson's badassery as a detective here. And he could tell that the guy was lying to him and, yeah. and what he knew specifically. Yeah, and he was he was effective as Jeff Blake. That's what I like, yeah. too. And uh, what I love, too, so I didn't realize this until later, but uh, when we first see Regina King, she's giving a presentation to her son's class about how to make this uh, bake good because her cover that she owns a bakery and that she's from Vietnam, which is our 51st or 52nd state, I know, at this point. Uh, and there's one person there, a kid in class, who asks her these racially charged questions. Uh, and the guy she hauls in is most likely the father of the kid who asked her those questions, too. So I, that was like a nice touch. There's so many subtle things in here, too. You see a lot of like newspaper headlines. But they're only on the screen for a second. And one of them talks about how uh, Adrian V. Osmandius is dead. Yeah. Uh, but we see him later uh, in the show, played by Jeremy Irons. Uh, I love Jeremy Irons. Yeah, he, yeah, he's great in that role. But like something is like not right. Like we see he's living in a castle. He's riding a horse, dressing in a little bit uh, more old timey garb, not like super far back, but far back enough for he raises eyebrows if you're seeing him in public. And he has two servants, a maid and a butler, and they don't seem quite right. Yeah, there's something off of these two. Uh, the maid is uh, massaging his nude body while he's sitting and typing, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And his butler uh, bakes him a cake. The cake is the colors of his old Osmandius costume, and the cake is fantastical. Like It looked like it's great, straight from the Great British Bake Off. Uh, and he hands him a gift, a watch, which uh, he or a stopwatch, which... Fate just kind of stares at because it's I think it's a reference to Dr. Manhattan, whose father was a watchmaker as well, and he and he repaired watches himself before I love he became that tie back. Yeah. There's another tieback with a, a character we haven't talked about. Uh but he was he was one of my absolute favorites. Uh Don Johnson is Judd Crawford. Yeah. Uh he's the police chief. Yeah, the police chief. And on his desk after he's talking to uh, Sister Knight, I don't know if you caught this, but it is a brilliant uh, Watchman reference uh, on his desk sits the book Under the Hood, which is the book oh, that nice. yeah, Hollis yeah, Mason wrote. Yeah, 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 the original yeah. Night Owl. Yeah, and, and which is a great tie tie forward to later on when we yeah. see uh, the there, Archie. Yeah, we see Archie, which is Night Owl ship. Yeah, uh, there's no explanation as to why or how they have Archie or anything. I uh, I kind of felt like they were mass produced at a certain. Yeah, point. they might have been like that's a good point. Like used a for yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Uh, can I also say that? The woman who's piloting the ship, she had the worst like cover ever. She like had a scarf coming down <laughs> her face, but her eyes and like eyebrows were so distinct. Like you don't be able to like point out like like who that is. Like yeah. oh yeah, hey, I know you, Sheila. Like <laughs> you, you were just at my uh, garden party on Saturday, which I guess is a lot of things that happen in Oklahoma. In this world is that people have garden parties. Yeah, that's the one thing I learned about Oklahoma that I started listening to a lot of Ricky Nelson lately. So, ah, <laughs> uh, always got to make a, a sleek garden party reference. Uh, 
I only listen to Ricky Lake, so I mean that's where we differ. Yeah, I mean it's we've always come to blows over it. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of nice nice callbacks. Like we see a preview for a documentary type TV show, and you see like a like an you see mentions of Doctor Manhattan, the comedian Rorschach, Silk Spectre, uh, and even heroes that were not in the comic specifically, but they were mentioned in the comic where they weren't alive. Uh, like what's his name, like Minuteman or the Minutemen members of yep. it as well. Now, um, very quick question because I, I'm trying to. Oh, you don't you don't know this? Um, there's a character called Marionette, and I from Doomsday Clock. Yes. Yeah. And she is in the show. Oh, is she? Yes. They briefly mention her, I believe. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So I thought that that was kind of wild that they're already blending yeah, yeah. the new Doomsday Clock yeah. with Watchmen, and here's the new. Uh, the new series, and that means we might get the mime at some point too. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I would say if I read Doomsday Clock, but I haven't because DC just put out the first issue on trade and hardcover. It only took them about two years after. <sighs> of course, I'm exaggerating for effect. It still so. hasn't wrapped up yet, and yeah. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Well, I hope it ends with them uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> maybe uh, it's the maybe it's a prequel to to this. So we also got to see Doctor Manhattan briefly on a TV screen. He's still on Mars, is what the news update said. We saw him building a castle out of sand. The castle kind of looked vaguely like Osmandius' home as well, so there might be a tie-in, too, as well. We have no idea what's going on with Osmandius or with Dr. Manhattan or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's all of our old Watchmen yeah. favorites, but there's plenty to keep us interested. Like Robert Redford being president. Yeah. What did you think of the... Well, so, what was your favorite scenes? Uh, we mentioned one earlier. Uh, but the interrogation scene. Yeah. Uh, I also like where that follows too with, with sister Knight just yeah. beating the ever loving shit out of this guy. Uh, I also really enjoyed the squid rain scene or it's raining squids, which is a callback to the comic when yeah. Osmandius engineers the genetic squid to have a pretense that there's an alien invasion in the cold war, but he likely is not responsible for the squid range. So that means that someone else is pulling this. I don't call it a hoax, but having it rain squids probably to, Azort some sort of control or fear over the people like that as well too, which is another mystery. But I thought I really enjoyed the squid rain. Yeah, and the fact that like that was that like the world doesn't know necessarily. Yes, uh, yeah, the, the world probably has, the world has no idea. In fact, while there's like an alarm that goes off before it, right? Yes, there's a big horn that comes over. And while the Seventh Cavalry is a bunch of alt right bigot racists, they do have one thing right by reading Rorschach's journal is that like they are being lied to by the government most likely. Uh, what they're being like to about though, they they're off base because they're a bunch of idiots. Uh, but and I do like all people too are upset that like Rorschach's journals inspired like an alt right group, but Rorschach himself was kind of like a Batman right character, and Batman is you, you could argue a fascist, but he's but Matt, it's the line of arguments that I wouldn't kill ten thousand if it might save a million because it's not for me to decide who lives or dies like that like that th- that that was where Rorschach drew the line, mm-hmm. but obviously his words were misinterpreted. Or used by people to further their own personal <clears throat> views or gain, and like like I, I find that realistic. All I hope is that Night Owl or Silk Spectre are heading up this terrorist organization, <laughs> which we could get because Night Owl and Silk Spectre were still alive by yep. at the end of Watchmen. Uh, I believe we will get Doctor Manhattan because we saw a preview of him in the trailer. Yeah, I think uh, we're gonna get some more of him. It's just yeah. when and how. Yeah. So and like, yeah, I know Rorschach is dead, but part of me would love like War- actual Rorschach proper like comeback in this too. I'm good with him being dead. Yeah, stay dead. It's 
I know, but the mystery for Watchmen season two, maybe there is part of it. Different, yeah, but part of it was like for him to come back and just yell at Seventh Cavalry for being wrong. <laughs> this is not what I meant at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I spelled that for you. Osmania is live. Like that's it. That's no alien invasion. Come on. Uh, what was your favorite scenes? So I, you know that I'm not a big uh, action lover. I've stated that yes. on this podcast many times. Uh, you think all Fast and Furious films should be rated triple X uh, <laughs> to starring Vin Diesel. Uh, can you wait for him as Bloodshot? Are you excited? I literally, I completely forgot that was a thing until I saw like an image of him as Bloodshot. And I was like, oh, I guess I, sh- I should read some Bloodshot comics. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And not because Vin Diesel's in it. <laughs> yeah, no. But because we're going to have to watch it exactly. and cover it. Uh, I loved the scene uh, where they go on the raid. Yes, uh, those poor cows. Oh my god, those cows got obliterated. Yeah, I know. Uh, by those machine guns. Yeah, I felt but bad for I the cows. Absolutely love that because we got to see Sister Knight be a badass yeah, we once did. again. Yeah, uh, and she might be my like her and and Loki she was Glass. great. What I love too love is it. her husband. His name I can't remember, but he was great. Like he's very competent. Like yep. whenever she said she has to leave, I'm giving this gun. If anyone comes up, like you need, it's not me. You need to shoot them. And he he just said he just okay. Goes, yep. Yeah. No hesitation. It. And it's also played by the actor who plays a uh, Black Manta in Aquaman. Uh, so he's doubling down as a superhero. Oh yeah, I'm not or super villain. Attempt to pronounce his name because I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've this got it right here in front of me. But journalism I'm not. at its finest. Uh, his name in the show is Calabar. So okay, Calibar. Sounds no. like Here, some, you go ahead. You yeah, go sure. Ahead. Uh, you butcher it. His name is Yahya Abdul Montine the second, uh, and yeah, Calabar. It sounds like something you would drink if you're hiking up a mountain trail. Mm. Uh, but okay. So is there anything? Okay. So I also love the ending, but I mean, I, we yes. haven't really talked on that yet. I I, I want to talk about the ending because I, I I've been holding my tongue. Okay, uh, but. The moment we just talked about where she tells her husband to shoot anyone that's not hers because she gets an emergency text through a beeper because technology is not all there. Because, again, we're living in a world where 9-11 never happened, so there's different technological advances. Like, everyone seems to have electric cars, but beeper technology still seems to be uh, something that isn't uh, prevalent. It seems like it's a way of protection, Yes, honestly, if if you're getting my opinion on it. I think that's that the, the other phone technology exists. But the beepers are a way to discreetly communicate. Yeah, yeah. It's more low-tech. Less likely to be hacker intercepted. Yep. Uh, but so she goes out to the directors of the field. Even, we're even working with watch batteries as, That's true. as, yeah. as weaponry. Like, we're, we're definitely going low-tech. Um, Sorry, continue. No, but she sees uh, Don Johnson's character, her boss, uh, and he has been lynched. He's in a tree. Uh, lynched. And we see this old uh, black man in a wheelchair. Uh, and early, he was in the early episode, earlier in the episode, she, she, she walked past him and he asked her if she believed that he could lift 200 pounds. Uh, he basically said, I told you I could do it. Like, that's how the episode ends. Well, not exactly how the episode ends. And it, we see his badge on the ground and a drop of blood hit the badge, which is just like the comedian smiley face button. Yeah. Like that is a callback. Like that was my absolute favorite moment. Oh, in the man. show. When that happened, I made audible noises very loudly in my hotel room. So excited. The way that a lot of people did that they reacted when cap picked up the Thor's hammer. Yeah. That like the reaction that they had for that out loud. I didn't have that. Yeah. But when the blood hits the badge, Holy shit. I I lost it. I had that reaction when Olaf finally got to visit a beach. Frozen (laughs) too. 
yeah, me and those seven year old girls were just high fiving all along the theater. You know, and we haven't talked about Don Johnson at all yeah. as, as Judge. He Crawford. was great though. He was fantastic. Holy shit, yeah, he was yeah. incredible. Yeah, I didn't expect him to like. Which I thought maybe anything too. Like I didn't expect yeah. him to die. Like I was sad that he died. Yeah. Now. I, no, I think that he may not have been like a force for good entirely. I think that, sure yeah. there were some questions yeah. about what he's done his whole life, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, but he was still an extremely powerful character and yes. somebody who I really liked. Yeah, what I thought and is he, they're ratcheting up Game of Thrones. That's well, that's kind of the way that I viewed it. I was like, this guy is such a cool character. He was the only one that got off episode one, like like you would yeah. Ned Stark. Exactly. Like he was the only other aside from Gina King's character. He was the only person that got viewpoint scenes. Like every scene either had focused on him or her throughout, aside from the flashback throughout the entire series. And so you kill uh, half of your viewpoint right there. So now you have to wonder if everything's going to be filtered through Regina King or if it's going to be filtered through other characters that have yet to be introduced or other ones that will get a larger role. You lied, Ozymandias. You see his. That's true. Viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. But he's isolated from the story right yeah. now. And everything and everyone yeah, yeah. other than two yeah. people. Yeah. So I can't wait. It's going to be nine episodes, I believe. Yep. Okay. I don't think that there's any break. I think it's going right on through up until mid December. Okay. Something like that. Or yeah. You have to do break, so that that makes sense. Yeah. Uh. So but I honestly got a lot of the the Game of Thrones vibes. Like, hey, we're gonna do nine seasons of Game of Thrones in nine episodes. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, and there's been rumors based, spurred by Lindelof himself that this might only be one season. We don't really know, but like he says that. He intends for the season to be a complete story. He doesn't want to end on a cliffhanger, which I've also been saying that too, because his shows tend to end on a cliffhanger. Whether or not that'll be a season two, we don't really know. If ratings are good, I'm sure HBO will throw money at him to do another one. Yeah, he'll get to do whatever he wants. Yeah. The ratings are already through the roof. The it's, reception is incredible. Yeah. I haven't seen anything bad about it other than people talking about the controversy. But you take a story that was politically, you know, yeah, focused, I mean, yeah. and then you you reimagine that as yeah. a racist story and you'll be in a for, common day, yeah, for the modern times, whilst wow. while still being true to the source material in the yep, comics. Like it, it does feel like I'm sure Alan Moore hates it, but Alan Moore hates everything. Yeah, uh, but it, do, it does feel like it is a true, honest interpretation of what it would be nowadays. Yep. Uh, you want to go and do ratings? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, scale of one to ten. You first. Uh, I'm going to shoot a nine for this. That's a perfect uh, 10 in my yeah. book. It, I mean, it's great. You really cannot get much better for pilot episodes. No. Uh, and like, I, I'll be, I'll be hard pressed to find like that Tulsa race right scene, probably my favorite scene from any media for the entire year. Now, um, are you a little biased because you're from Oklahoma and you know about it more than most Yeah, I would? probably do like it. I, I know I was reading online. Some people like thought that that like was... Uh, we're just written for fiction. Like, like that never actually happened. Yeah. Because I mean, I can see, even though it should be, I can see other parts of the country not teaching that other public schools. So to give you some, to give everybody some feedback on that, I'm from Texas. Uh, I did not learn about this in school. Yeah. I knew very little about it until I moved here. I've been over here. I've been here for. Well, it's hard when years. like all your classes refer to 12th grade or just the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys remember that <laughs> the Alamo that was pretty cool right? that's basically what you had to do to pass remember? the test yeah yeah you know that uh and that Davy Crockett, Crockett you know there. that he was king of the wild frontier <laughs> Bowie was there mm-hmm. he made a knife David Bowie yeah Stephen Austin was there yeah. not Steve Austin Stone Cold oh, but <laughs> okay I mean are you sure I think he's from Texas so. okay I mean that's taught yeah. I mean it is taught yeah. in Texas history but yeah, so it's like one of the things, like, unless you, and some Oklahoma schools don't teach it, sadly. Uh, some do, but some don't. So, um, 
so yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you haven't started watching, you should have watched before you listen to this episode. Uh, but you should definitely we keep said watching. Spoilers, yeah. yeah, I'm sure this will show up on our ten, top ten list at the end of the year when we get to that too. Yeah. Uh, real quick, touching on the Seventh Cavalry because we didn't really talk about them a whole lot. They yeah. wear Rorschach masks, but not the I ones don't... like Rorschach where the ink blot actually changes yeah. or anything like that. They're low tech. Yeah, they're yeah. they're low tech. They just yeah. kind of have the ink blot splattered yeah. on there. What did you think of of the imagining of these people? Uh, I thought, uh, I think they make great foils and great villains for the season. Uh, and I'm curious to see if they're just a bunch of, uh, country bumpkin racist, or if there's actually a larger plan at play for them. Yeah. But we've seen like country bumpkin racists pull off things like the Oklahoma city bombing, the Murrah bombing, uh, stuff like that. So, so, so they shouldn't be taken for granted and didn't feel like the police force was taking them for granted either. Oklahoma has a lot of just terrible, horrible tragedy yes. that, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, a lot no. of people don't know about the Murrah bomb, or like Kevin Durant leaving. Yeah, that was. You know what? I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and compare the three. Or, or the Sooner Schooner falling apart no, and being not, and being yeah. benched for the season. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. to all of those yeah. horses and students. I heard that they yeah. had to put them all down. Uh, the horses are still alive, thankfully. The students, who cares? <laughs> I say that as someone that's no way affiliated with the university. Oh man. Um. Cool. I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Batwoman. Uh, so if you've been watching Batwoman, you should definitely jump on and uh, hear our thoughts on it. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble. We uh, put a couple copies of Alex's book in there. What's that book called? Uh, it's called The Bible. Yep. Alex wrote that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a co-author. Don't you know? Yeah. Don't sell your other author short there. Uh, well, I mean, it's probably... It's primarily my idea. Yeah. Uh, please like, subscribe, download the podcast uh, in whatever format you're listening to it right now. Unless you're bootlegging this, in which case, keep pirating. Yeah. Uh, good job, Napster. Because uh, I am forever. Uh, for Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I'm Long Dong Johnson. Henchman Easy. Easy.